My Story, an Autobiography of a Homosexual Christian by Derek Michael Shaw Episode 30, Reflections from Down Under Well, you did it. If you have actually listened to the first 29 episodes of this podcast, you have officially heard my story, an autobiography of a homosexual Christian. First, let me begin by saying that this is the first podcast episode that I have not actually written out. After doing this for 29 other times, I am kind of taking things off the cuff a little bit, and I have a rough outline of what I'd like to discuss with you. So, without further ado, here we go. I want to take you back to episode 10, Two Incidents and Five Things. If you recall, this is when I came out to my younger brother and his wife, as well as wrote a letter to my friend Ben. In that letter, I said I needed to figure five things out, and that would somehow help me come to terms with my homosexuality and my Christianity. So what were those five things? First, why do I have these feelings? Why am I gay? Well, I have now discovered that God created me this way. I am beautifully and wonderfully made, and I will no longer question why I have these feelings because I truly believe that I was created as a homosexual. Number two, three, and four all dealt with me figuring out if God would accept me and how to continue talking to God. And so number two said I needed to figure out if God would accept me living in a homosexual lifestyle. Number three was I needed to get over my wall or block that I put up and start talking to God. And number four, I needed to experience God's love and acceptance. And once again, all three of those things were resolved on Miracle Sunday. And then finally, number five said, I would like to find a guy to date and have a committed relationship with. And I put in there that I didn't think that really fit in with the others, but that's what I really wanted. And so I can see now that God gave me that, a nine-year committed relationship with all the highs and lows that that entailed. And as you've heard, it's taken up a large portion of my story. But what's most interesting is that from the time I wrote this letter, it would have been 11 years before I really got those answers that I was looking for. And that's oftentimes how we experience life. We have needs, wants, and desires that sometimes go unresolved or unfulfilled for many, many years, possibly decades. Next up, I have three proofs that God created me this way. The first would be my Lent situation, because as of recording this podcast episode, I've spoken to hundreds of people and asked those same three questions of what is Lent? What do people typically give up for Lent? And have they ever heard of someone giving up another person for Lent? It's such a crazy, weird story, especially to think that God told Jenny to give me up for Lent. And yet, I do think that's exactly what God wanted, and he had his reasons. I also have my parental letters, which have the underlined pride statement. And it's a small little thing, but for me, that is another confirmation that God wanted me this way, God intended me to be this way, and God will use me to affect change within other people's lives regarding this issue. And finally, and most importantly, there's Miracle Sunday, the day when I officially and directly heard from God that fundamentally changed my life 
And not only do I feel different, but the people around me noticed a difference in me from that day forward. Here is my top 10 lessons learned from writing my story and living my life in 2018. Number one, every person will disappoint you in your life at some point or another. This is partners, friends, family. Human beings are fallible beings, and that will come to light at some point or another in your interactions with them. Number two, everyone is doing their best or at least believing that about others is the best way forward for you. I initially encountered this concept in Rising Strong by Brene Brown. And while I really had a hard time accepting it, I finally realized that even if other people around me aren't doing their best, it's the best thing for me to think that they are. This way I'm not judging them. This way I'm extending grace and forgiveness to them. And this way, I am in a happier, healthier place. Number three, God creates LGBT individuals, and he wants them to understand his love, grace, and beauty. Number four is the quote I encountered on Miracle Sunday by Richard Rohr. We don't think ourselves into a new way of living. We live ourselves into a new way of thinking. And that's truly been my journey in 2018, as I fundamentally changed every single aspect of my life. But in doing so, I've created a new way of viewing the world and interacting with the people around me. Number five, God is speaking all the time. We are just too busy, distracted, and dismissive of the meaning around us to hear him. Now, some of you might argue that I'm just an INFJ, and so I see meaning in everything around me but you'll never convince me that all this happened for some random chance. Number six, home is not a place. It is a mindset. Home is the feeling of being settled in your convictions, purpose, and life. Number seven, we are never alone. Whether you believe in God or not, reach out, talk to someone new, be real and vulnerable with the people around you. Number eight, Music is powerful. Use it to heal, worship, and dance. Let it help you feel, process, and find meaning. If you've followed my podcast or my website, you know that I've been building playlists every month for the past year. And you might not like my style of music, but I encourage you to be listening to music, finding music that resonates with your soul and speaks meaning into your life. Number nine, extending forgiveness is one of the hardest things you will have to do in your life, but it's necessary for you to get over life's disappointments and not retain hurts for the rest of your life. My mom told me this is something I needed to do better, which initially I found very frustrating and hurtful, because if anything, they should be asking forgiveness from me. But ultimately, she was right. Because while I'm not sure I will ever get an apology for the things they've said and done, I can't hold that against them. I choose not to be hurt by their actions. And number 10, laugh, love, and live. Little else truly matters in this life. Living means being present, connected, creative, grateful, and contemplative. Laughing is so much easier when you are around other people. 
So be in community. Share meals with people. Share games with people. Share laughter with others. And finally, loving, because loving is at the centerpiece of the Christian faith. God's greatest two commandments were to love God and love other people. Finally, here are just a few things I'm excited about in 2019. First, I plan to be abroad for another two months, traveling around Australia and New Zealand, and continuing my adventure there. Next, I'm applying to grad schools. I want to become a counselor, and so I'm applying to master's in counseling programs with concentrations in marriage and family therapy. Hopefully, by September 2019, I'll be back in school. I'm also excited about Disneyland, where I will get to see my family after six months abroad. I'm also excited about seeing Tracy graduate. He will be attaining a bachelor's degree in graphic design. And last but not least, I'll be back living with family after this adventure is over. I hope to use all the lessons I've learned in 2018 to have a better relationship with my family. Well, thank you for listening to my story. I hope that God is able to use it in your own life in some small way. I'd like to encourage you to think about sharing your own story with the people you care about. Not only will it help you be more honest with yourself about your thoughts, motivations, and beliefs, but by being open and vulnerable, you stand to gain better, deeper relationships with the people that you love. Take care. God bless. Happy New Year. And may 2019 be the best year of your life.